0: This is Greg Duncan and this is Paul Hacker. Hey, Paul. Hey, Greg. How are you doing, man? I'm doing doing great. Got uh, my uh, MVP summit uh, Signed up for that actually finally like this weekend got the hotel and ticket and the plane tickets and stuff Uh, Signed up for build yesterday using the special MVP code. So yeah, I'm gonna be like Washington boy Nice
1: nice. That's great. Yeah, unfortunately we don't get to go to build uh, so, we, unless we're speaking, uh, that's not we don't get to go. So, but I will be at the MVP Summit um, because we are going there this year, which will be kind of nice to see some of the fellow MVPs we haven't seen in a while.
0: So, I'm, I'm sure I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what else is um, new? Anything? So, so, wait a minute. You know, one of the primary uh, content categories for Build is DevOps, uh-huh. and, and you guys don't get to go since that's all you do is like DevOps, but yes. you don't get to all go.
1: Right. That's correct. We don't get to go. We uh, we can speak there if we get nominated, you know, selected to speak. That's no problem, but my my team won't pay for me to go to build. Mm. It, cost, it still costs us. You know, we have to pay for it. So, okay. I don't get a free ticket or anything like that. So, yeah. Unfortunately, no, that doesn't fly that way. But not, at least not with our team. other <laughs> teams, but
0: no. So, yeah. well, and I've always seen at these conferences that, uh, you know, they send like people management, people a little bit higher on the organization. Cause so the, the, everybody else who actually works can work and the people who don't work but manage can do the <laughs> booth duty. <laughs> and, and those are the people I wanna be
1: talking to. So yeah. it's like, I would do a great thing if I was at the booth there or walking around shaking hands, but yeah. Oh, well. Oh, All well, right,
0: man. Well, we got a lot of news stories. To yeah, I cover. see that. Yeah, yeah. It, And I had to even just cherry-pick these to try to find the good ones. So, listeners, um, we're going to go through these probably pretty fast. You know, all the links will be in the show notes, so uh, jump there to see them. Even if you don't want to even listen. Well, no, you want to listen because, you know, who wouldn't want to listen to Paul and I chat about DevOps news for the next 45 minutes or so? (sighs) I know my wife wouldn't. I tried to play the podcast for her once in about two Seconds in, she's like, what is this? This is stupid.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. The significant others don't really care. That's yeah, okay.
0: That's <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get started. Yeah. Um, we'll just alternate back and forth, Paul. I'll cover this first set Uh given the time that we've done news we've had two sprint releases uh, first one I want to talk about is sprint 147 and uh, the number of features again are you know fairly staggering I, I I find it amazing on how many new items get out every three weeks but the you know the key ones in some of and 147 is uh, they are <laughs> Simple things, but things you you would really need. It. Like if you use the wiki, you, there is now permalinks for the wiki pages. That's not one of those things that you would always need, but that's it's like, wow, that's if you do need it, you do need it. And also, you know, they defaulted everybody on to the new navigation. Right,
1: it, right. That was common. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And 148, that was released this week. This one was the biggest thing in this one, and we've got a number of stories talking about it, is the new CLI, uh, command line interface for Azure DevOps. And and, uh, looking through it, looking through the commands and stuff, that is actually pretty nifty. I, I dig that. The other things, too, is what you're seeing a lot in these uh, new sprints, which kind of makes sense, is more and more GitHub and Azure DevOps integration connections working back and forth. For example, for Azure Boards, a new feature to navigate to Azure Board work items directly from a GitHub pull request. So if you're using the two. That makes it perfect. They also talk about the Azure Pipelines app for Slack. That's available. Uh, Support for uh, Python function apps in Azure DevOps properties. Just, again, a ton of stuff from big to small, like searching for your releases by folder name. If you like foldering all your releases and you, you can't find them, you can now have that as well. That's in 148. And remember, you guys may not have these features, yet they get... They get rolled out over time, but um, take a look at the show notes. We have the, the links to the two. And speaking of the Azure DevOps, Cheminda did a really nice short-ish post, but it's a good view about what this Azure DevOps command line interface is. He uh, talks about the prerequisites, how to, how to make sure you, that you have the right Azure CLI because the Azure DevOps command line is an extension to the Azure CLI, so that's an important thing to uh, to wrap your head around. And he goes through and shows you the different commands. A really brief overview. One of the things I found interesting is the information comes back as JSON. And I'm not sure if I if I, I like that or not. And, and maybe that's an Azure command line thing. But uh, well, there's yeah. a
1: lot going on under the covers there. In, in Azure. <laughs>
0: so yeah, I'm not surprised. And then another one, George. Uh, I'm not going to. Butcher your name, George, has another good post. And it's clearly, you know, how to get started. Here's what the things to do. Another example is how to log on. Uh, so, and again, we'll have this link in the show notes. And I think, am I done? Now it's your turn, Paul. Oh, all right.
1: So, uh, hosted pipeline announcements. So, for those that are using the hosted instances, um, they have now released a Visual Studio 2019 hosted image. It's uh, actually... I believe it's Windows 2019 Visual Studio 2019 or something like that is what it's called. I forget. Um, I'm going to look down, but, but yeah. So you get all these new um, pipeline images that you're going to be able to work with. So yeah, it's Windows, Windows 2019 um, and you can now use, uh, the Mac OS is now going to be called Mo- is Mojave, which is basically OS X 10.14. So you'll be able to build uh, latest and greatest with Mac. Uh, and, and read the blog post because there's actually future plans for hosted agents. So some of the things they'll be doing is adding a support for Ubuntu 18.04. Um, and they're actually looking at the slow speeds of the OS drives, uh, trying to improve the I.O. and make the bills run faster. Because anybody who uses the hosted agents knows there's sometimes some latency there um, when you're trying to get the agent spun up. And so they're trying to rectify that by looking at that. So that's something that's being currently worked on. So yeah, if you're if you're using the hosted pipelines, there's some new bits out there for you to work with. You don't have to stay with the with the old Visual Studio 2017 or or whichever you were using before or Windows 20 uh, 2016. So uh, yeah, that's that's that. And then we also are adding caching to the pipelines. So that's a big deal because uh, uh, every time you run a build uh, or, you know, you have to uh, get your source code down to the server because it spins up a new instance and it brings everything down. So what they're trying to do is do a caching model where, you know, just like you can do on premises, you know, you don't have to bring everything down. You only bring down the changes or the deltas uh, to the server. And then you speed up your builds there too, because you're not pulling all your stuff every single time you want to do a build. So that's pretty cool. I was real glad to see that one. Um, because a lot of customers are asking for that, so but that's
0: the it for people, me. The people you set up that that you are doing DevOps for the the uh, clients and such, are they using a lot of hosted builds or more private? No, uh, hosted, private agents, hosted, Sorry. hosted. Really,
1: a lot of a lot of our customers are going with the hosted agents just because they're pretty straightforward in terms of what they're building. Now there are some that aren't, and and they're looking for private. Um, like scalable spin up elastic type build agents is what they're mm-hmm. looking for. Uh, and so there's some ways to do that. And one of the ways to do that, if, if you are going to use a, like you want to use a private agent, but you don't have hardware on premises, you want to stay in the cloud is you can use uh, containers, ACI um, and you can spin up containers on demand through a, through, uh, I've done this before, through uh, the build pipeline, it will actually spin up the container uh, with the build agent on it, and you just go ahead and do your build and dock it down when you're done. And so that way then at least you have an on-demand personal build server uh, that you don't have to leave running in Azure all the time.
0: Now that makes a lot of sense, because one of our reason why we really can't use it is, you know, there's a lot of resources in the building, our tests. You know, we, we don't we're moving to Azure slowly, but 95% of our stuff is here in the building. So when we're doing our integration tests or uh, deployments, you know, it's all here in the building, so we have to stick with private. But I like that idea. We are looking to maybe, we were gonna spin up some VMs for our private agents.
1: So but look I, at the container option. I can even yeah. send you some links on that. Maybe I'll send you some links. You can put them in the show notes. Yeah, but yeah, please. Yeah, there's a there's a blog post on how you set that up. There's a couple ways you can do it. One is using ACI and uh, and Azure Functions. There's another way using YAML now. So um, there's a couple different ways to to achieve the spin up of the agent of the container. Yeah,
0: interesting. Okay, well, nothing me. <laughs> there was a new process of uh, released. Uh, And process, what I mean is, you know, when you create a new project in Azure DevOps, you choose Agile, Scrum, or CMMI. Well, there's a new one now called Basic. And this is a very plain and simple uh, process for Azure DevOps. A couple things to be aware of, though. Right now, it's only available in the Azure DevOps service. When Azure DevOps Server 2019 comes out, I mean, it won't have basic, but that it is coming and it will come in the .1 update, but it is coming to you guys. You are all on-prem. And if you're looking for that simpler thing, you don't know Scrum, you don't want to do Scrum, you don't want to do Agile, but you want to have a track your things in um, Azure DevOps, almost like even maybe in a Kanban kind of way without all the user stories and, backlog item and stories, you just want something simple like having an epic, an issue and a task, and that's basically it. The basic process is available to you. And one of our the, the favorite bloggers, Mateo, did another blog post on it going into even more detail on uh, what this basic process template means from set up iterations to uh, doing the backlogs, you know. He does a nice little post there, and we'll have the links in the show notes for that.
1: So that's cool. I was just going to say, do you, being on the champs list, um, do you see a lot of demand coming from the champs for their customers for a basic process? Obviously, there's a need if they're creating it. But I've just not heard a lot from my customers on wanting a scaled-down version of the process template. So
0: that's just curious. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of applause when that shipped but now people are kind of pushing back a little bit because the idea of an issue, you know, epic issue mm-hmm. task to me, I, I personally hate having a hard time accepting the issue descriptor because to me that sounds like a bug report or a, an issue, a problem versus a user story. A, I'm not sure even what better to call really? it.
1: So, so I, I was thinking it's like more like a blocker or something and, than it is
0: that. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, interesting. I have to look at that. Okay.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I can see where this could, some of my users, when we create projects for them, they just want, you know, the most simplest thing possible. And, and that's what that basic process is. I've actually had to go through and, and update and tweak the, and inherit from like the Scrum process and tweak it and remove stuff because they, they just wanted it simple. Right, so. right
1: understand. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could see a lot of people maybe using it on the public projects, too, that are like not big organizations, but where you're coming in and doing yeah. you know, some kind of open source project and you just want to track some simple things. Um, I could see that happening, too, using that. That would be a good idea. So, okay, cool. So, uh, talking about uh, process templates and all that, um, we're going to move on to repos and <laughs> unlimited free repos. Um, so, As you know, Microsoft purchased GitHub Mm -hmm. and now we are announcing free private repos, unlimited private repos, uh, and they have what they call the unified enterprise offering. So basically, you get 10 hosted agents for your public projects. And I'm actually doing a talk on this Saturday uh, where you can actually now tie not only your GitHub repo, you can take your GitHub repo and and tie it into Azure DevOps agents and do your builds and releases through Azure DevOps. And uh, that's that's free for the public projects. Um, your private ones have, um, there's still some free agents, but they're limited, I believe to like 1800 minutes or something like that. Um, and and that's, that's across the different, uh, different uh, categories like Mac or Linux or Windows. So, um, again, you want to take a look at that and see, um, again, also the boards are hooked up now. So, like you were saying, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on between GitHub and Azure DevOps integration. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would suggest somebody, you know, if they're interested in, in the GitHub connection, go go check that article out.
0: Unlimited private repositories. That's, yes. that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, also moving on, um, I'm going to grab the next one. Um, okay, yeah. I actually, worked with some customers on this. This is the Service Now Change Management Integration in the Azure Pipelines. Now, don't for folks that are listening that have ServiceNow, don't get too excited. This is not integration with the work items. This is integration with the pipelines. So, uh, you're going to have to you set up your um, Service Now instance with. I believe you have to install a little extension on that machine on that instance and then you install the uh, marketplace con- extension on your Azure DevOps instance and you will able to be able to like fire off releases um uh through service now you know and things like that or, or Bill. so you do change management type stuff uh with service now but it's not your actual work item so you're not like synchronizing work items between the systems or anything like that um it just helps with the deployment process basically and the requests so yeah, if, you're, if you've are if you're got ServiceNow and you're looking at trying to integrate a little bit with uh, Azure DevOps, um, you know, I strongly encourage you to take a look at that uh, ServiceNow Change Management and Azure Pipelines extension.
0: When you set up people to use this, was it hard or?
1: No, no, it was pretty straightforward. It basically, the, the hardest thing is getting someone in an organization to let you install something on mm. a ServiceNow instance that's the hardest part it's because they don't want they they're, they're nervous you know what i mean people get nervous it gets nervous and you say you want to start installing extensions on their on their systems that are you know their production systems of service now so um, it gets it gets a little bit uh, nervous for some people but uh, w- but it's not hard to do if you can get past the red tape and the hurdles yeah
0: yeah this was interesting when I saw this I knew I, I definitely wanted to get cover it because we're a serviceNow house and uh, we have a number of change management workflows that you know there's a number of steps that trigger right now manually trigger a build or or, or release for uh-huh. some of our projects so that This sounds perfect for that. Yeah, because this is basically a
1: release gate, is what it is. It's basically from one stage to another, you can do the promotions and all that. Yep,
0: this would fit in right what you're looking for. Uh, That's neat. All right. I'm going to definitely have to push on that one. Uh, Security updates. So... There's been a number of security updates for TFS. So if you're a TFS guy like Rod, I know you're listening, Rod, and and we're going to come to your email in a little bit. Uh, TFS 2017, TFS 2018, uh, there's been a number of updates. You're going to want to check out this blog post and and apply these. Related to that is uh, for TFS 2018, there's update 3.2 patch one. So it's like, what, three, two, one? That's, that's funny. Um, that's awesome. And there's a number of fixes available there. Uh, you know, not huge fixes, but you know, if you're concerned about the security of your TFS, your on-prem instance, uh, you definitely need to look at these posts. The last one I wanna cover is, and I remember this was a concern for a number of people. When the TFS included the code search, I don't know if you guys know or not, but it's based off of Elasticsearch, which is a you know dependency has a dependency on Java. Some things are going to be changing there. Uh, Oracle is changing its policies on um, how it supports Java SE. So the uh, the uh, TFS team, Azure DevOps team, Microsoft is going to be switching what JDK are going to be used for the Elasticsearch for. Uh, TFS, and Azure DevOps server. Just keep that in mind. If you're an admin, you've got your on-prem instance, Rod, uh, take a look at this post and see if it applies to you or not. It may not. You may already have a Oracle SE subscription, and, and then you're good. But if, you're, if you don't, then you need to look at this and look at the Azure Zulu Open JDK, and there's a number of posts on how to do it and descriptions, and and, and that's all here. So take a look at this post. All right. Um, so next one is
1: testing. So let's talk a little bit about the cloud load testing. This was a this was a big deal. This came as a shock to some people. Um, is that Microsoft is now deprecating an end of life of cloud based load testing service. Uh, so visual studio 2019 will be the last version with web performance and load test features and they will be closing down the uh, load test service officially done on march 31st of 2020 so a little over a year from now um the load test service will be gone and we're, we're pushing our customers to things like uh, jmeter and there's a few other ones out there that, I, that I'm, I'm escaping my mind right now but <laughs> Uh, J J Meter is one of those yeah. that, um, that that we're pushing pretty hard. Um, so there are some alternatives though. There's Blaze Meter. Um, there's a Micro Focus Load Runner. There's there's a few different ones out there. But yeah, mm-hmm. so if you are using the load testing features, it's time for you to start looking at an exit strategy. You got a little over a year to do it. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's
0: that. And uh, why did they nuke it?
1: I don't know the real reason why um, I just don't think that they were getting the traction. They thought they were going to get with it. You know, I, I just don't think enough people were using the features is, is what it comes down to. But I, I don't know officially, like what the official word is, why we're, we're eliminating
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I seem to remember something like the, the telemetry they had on it. It was just, nobody was using <laughs> it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and it was falling behind. They're, they're yeah. like, terms of like there wasn't development being actively worked on as hard as other areas so boards and repos and and, and pipelines and all that are getting the love and load testing just kind of got you know left aside because of the telemetry that readings they were getting
0: yeah but this isn't a comment or a uh statement by microsoft that load testing isn't important though right that is
1: correct it's not it's not at all and load testing is important and we when i'm working with customers you know load testing is important uh and so like i said we have alternatives and we're we're helping customers to to see those alternatives and adopt those alternatives so i'll be working with customers that want to work with load testing uh and we'll actually go ahead and use things like jmeter and we'll help them with that to get that all
0: working at everything. Cool. So, you know, we were talking about security fixes, right? And um, that last one, the three, two, one, was actually because of this that I'm gonna talk about. Buck Hodges posted back in January, um, the okay. Azure DevOps Bounty Program. So if you are interested, if you like hunting down bugs, and if you find a high severity bug, you can get 20 grand twenty thousand dollars for finding those bugs in Azure DevOps uh, worst case you know you'll be recognized as who, who reported these so the blog post here is pretty short the links will be in the short in the show notes but um, you know it's another indication that Microsoft's pushing hard to give as uh, give us as secure an environment as possible nice all right so, so- do you have any yeah, oh, Videos or anything coming up? Anything with t- tell me something we have with Donovan. Tell me we have something, Donovan, Donovan. yes. Yeah, so let's talk about Donovan. Donovan's one of my favorite <laughs> people.
1: He is, yes, he's one of my, He's a dynamic speaker. If you've never seen him speak, go watch a video on him or go see him in person. He's a great orator. Um, and he, he, and he just does really good delivery of, of the content. And he's speaking to one of my favorite people at Microsoft, too, which is Aaron Bjork. And Aaron Bjork is oh, a group program manager for the uh, Azure, Azure Boards team, basically. And so what, what uh, this video is about is how Azure DevOps teams plan with talking with, through Aaron with that. And I've talked to Aaron about this before, and it's pretty interesting how they have modified their, their approach to planning. So if you've never heard of OKRs, uh, Objective Key Results, Mm-hmm. OKRs is a process that Facebook and Google use, and we've adopted it at Microsoft. Well, Aaron's teams plan using OKRs. OKRs are basically features, and the KRs, are the key results, are the stories that are, that are going to accomplish that feature. And they track those. And so I get, like, internally, I get emails showing where we land with our OKRs, how we're progressing. They look at them every week. Um, it's a really great um you know, thing to work with. You know, look at when when Aaron's talking about it because it just shows how they've progressed and how those teams all plan and how how you keep. Uh, I think the board's just like seven feature teams total. You know, for um, that and how they all keep in sync with each other and how all that planning happens, it's its pretty interesting. So if you're interested in seeing that, and again, Aaron, uh, Aaron's a great speaker also. I mean, he really loves to to talk to customers. And the other thing about Aaron is Aaron's lived through the DevOps journey. hes mm-hmm. He was there way before we started on the DevOps journey at Microsoft. And so he's lived all this changes. And, and so he comes to it with a wealth of knowledge an experience that not a lot of folks can do. So I, I encourage you to go look at that if you haven't already. Um, also, the inception of with Azure DevOps. Um, so I haven't checked that out, but that's um, Visual Studio Toolbox has this uh, inception with Azure DevOps, and that's again with with Donovan Brown and Robert Green, um, and they're going to be talking about um, uh, how Azure DevOps builds Azure DevOps, talking into Gopaneth. And so if you're interested in seeing that, uh, go ahead and check that one out. It also shows how you integrate Azure DevOps to multiple third-party tools and, and deploy to multiple clouds with a single pipeline. So it's pretty interesting. Um, again, that's with Donovan and Robert Green. And so I really encourage you to go check that one out.
0: Um, I'm very upset at these two because they have Donovan and his notebook and with all his stickers. Yeah, And there's no Radio TFS sticker on his uh, laptop.
1: Oh, you're right. There isn't. I'm going to have to email Donovan. <laughs> I'm <gonna> email <laughs> right
0: now. Uh, other MVPs, if you're listening and you're going to the summit, hunt me down. I'm going to have a stack of like 40 Radio TFS stickers. As a matter of fact, I'll bring them to build, too. So If you hunt me down at okay. build, I'll give you some Radio TFS stickers. And I'll definitely bring them and, you know... Plaster them on like 12 of them on Donovan's laptop now. Show him. I put them on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I I don't know if we've talked about this with you or not. Are you a sticker guy? I used to be, I'm not anymore. And
1: the reason I'm not is because I have, not that I can't, but I have a Microsoft laptop and I just don't feel like I want to plaster my work laptop that is in my personal laptop with stickers. So I don't do it. Now I can, but I just don't.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not, I, as much as I talk about stickers and stuff, I, I can't put them on my laptop. I, I, it hurts my OCD. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, because after a while, they they'll the, they go on fresh, I would be fine with that. But, you know, I keep my devices for a long time. The laptop that I'm talking to you on now is four years old. Okay. Yep. And, and putting it in and out of the bag, the stickers are going to get – the edges are going to get curly, and then they're going to get icky, <laughs> and, and, you know, and then that would just bug me. And, yeah. yeah I, I, not that I don't have issues. I'm yeah. There.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they got a program for that. I'm not sure, but <laughs>
0: – <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh. Well, I've actually, my OCD has gotten better or less impactful as I've gotten older. But, yeah. Um, so th- this post here isn't really a DevOps. This came through uh, an email address. A, a listener found this. And, and, you know, they asked us to, uh, to share it with you all. And the, the guy was pretty... Persistent in a kind and, and kind of funny way, you know, very human persistence versus a bot say, hey, could you talk about this? Hey, what about this? What do you think about this? Hey, uh, so I said, yeah, I'll give it a call. And it is, it is valuable because, you know, I mentioned Kanban, you know, I, I'll guarantee there's somebody out there who don't know what the hell Kanban is. I was looking for the show. We actually had a show on that, uh, years ago, but uh, this is a short post from uh, on the Guru ninety nine site, and it talks about what is Agile, what is Kanban, what are the principles between the two, and how do you compare them? So if you're looking to try to compare the two, or somebody's trying to tell you, hey, that's Kanban, you're saying no, that's Agile. They say no, it's Kanban. You can come to this post, and, and again, the link.
1: That's cool because I just just had a customer, and I did a I did a demonstration of. Agile versus Kanban in a discussion. Um, It was about a two-hour meeting where we kind of walked through, you know, their process and then Agile and Kanban and which one should you use and you know what type of work and and so that's that's cool that that somebody took the time to write that up because a lot of people have questions about that. It's really. Surprising the number of people that really don't understand uh, Kanban. Um, I was surprised. I thought more people w- were familiar with it, at least at some level. Um, and i have been running into customers that just they don't understand it. Really, they don't know about it. So that's
0: cool. So, um, so, yeah. so what, <laughs> these next two ones. I, I love the I love the titles on these two posts. Oh, Dev Oops! Look at that. <laughs>
1: Dev Oops! Failure to address organizational blockers. And poorly defined KPIs. So those are basically um, Dev Oops, um from DevOps.com. Is, uh, uh, they have uh, a couple of blog posts here. Like I say, the first one's on organizational blockers and failure to address those. So uh, if you are a company struggling or you're an individual struggling at your organization with things like this, um, this may be a great uh a great article for you to read because it talks about things like uh, you know removing blockers so that you have alignment and communication and inclusion. Um, and those those blockers don't a lot of times get addressed. You know, it's funny because a lot of these have to do with people and DevOps. Um, DevOps tends to be the struggle with DevOps. I find with most customers is the people. It's not the process and the technology. You can have all the technology and you can have a process good, bad, or indifferent, the fact is you have a process, but if you don't have the people that have bought in to your decision and your goal and your your vision for DevOps, then and you're resistant, which a lot of people are, um, to change, Uh, You you struggle. And so this is kind of that those are organizational blockers in a lot of organizations, you know, and so um, to to earn trust and transparency and all those things, uh, you really need to work at that. And so that article is really good because it addresses a few of those topics. And then um, the next one is poorly defined KPIs. So, again, not having the correct KPIs is going to get you, you know, not what you need. You're not going to get the information you want. So, Brian uh, Brian Dawson, who wrote the article, kind of goes through here and uh, talks about the different KPIs and the different scenarios that you can get. And so, uh, you may want to read that if you're interested in seeing about, you know, how to align KPIs, KPIs with success metrics, you know, and, and doing your development processes.
0: You know, it would be a great planet if it wasn't for the humans. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to argue that one. Yeah, so Agile Connection also had something kind of very related to that. Uh, Matt Hilbert wrote, are you ready for DevOps? You, I'm sorry, you're ready for DevOps, but is your workplace? Again, the same concept on how that organizational culture and, and, and looking to it, you may not be ready. Your organization may not be ready for the full on dev ops. Uh, you know, think about those silos and, and how to, like you were saying, how to break them down, how to create maybe cross silo teams. Uh, and, but Matt also talks about that. So how can you introduce this to your organizational, cu- uh, culture? Right. And so he's got a nice. This is a fairly fairly long one, and so,
1: I'd be interested in reading what he thinks is the places to start. Um, I always direct my customers to you know, especially my executives uh, when I'm talking to them. It's you know, not what's your what's the easiest thing to fix? What's your low hanging fruit? A lot of people gravitate to that. You know, let me get the the big win real or a little win real quick. You know, mm-hmm. where I'm more of the mindset of. What keeps you up at night as an executive or as a leader in an organization? What are the things you struggle with that you lose sleep over because you just can't get it right? Is it CICD? Is it testing? What is it? And address those things and find the next one that keeps you up once you solve that one. You know, rather. And so it'd be interesting to hear what his take is on that. You know, and if you're ready for it or not, because a lot of companies aren't ready for it and how they how you address that. That'd be interesting.
0: So this one, um, Dave Harris, Harris, Driftboat Dave, uh, blogged about it. Remember, we had him on, and you were on that show, Paul, uh, August 22nd of last year. And, oh, Dave Harrison, Dave Harrison. Yep. Yeah. And um, we've got a post. His Achieving DevOps book is uh, in the writing, and you know it's available for order now. You can pre-order it now. can't get it now. But one of the things that he ran into was he just didn't have enough room for all of the the footnotes, all of the references, and also some of the things that he used to help try to write the book. This blog post covers all that. I mean this blog post in itself is like a DevOps uh, you know, who's who of articles and people and posts and information and references. It, it's just – it's a huge – I want a huge ass post, but I try to keep this safe for uh, people. But um, th- this is like the footnote. Uh, what do you? What do you? Is it the footnotes you put in the back of a book? Well, what's the thing that you put in the back that has the, all the references and links and stuff?
1: Like a bibliography or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. The okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's exactly what this is. So, yeah, now, look at the little, they got accelerate in there. That's a that's a fantastic book
0: on DevOps. Yeah, from, even there's a chapter, let's see, what was it, what chapter, uh, dun, dun, dun. so many things, I just keep scrolling through it. Uh, chapter two, we're talking about Kanban. So chapter two Kanban has some things, and again, yeah, uh, information on uh, books, like you said, Accelerate is part of that Kanban chapter. Uh, other links, other books, all that good kind of stuff. So uh, if you haven't read his book yet, or you haven't bought it yet, well, you can't read it yet because it's in uh, pre-sale, but
1: Uh, That's cool. Oh, he's got a chapter on shift left. That's awesome. CI,
0: shift left, uh, definition of done. Yeah, that seems
1: to... Postmortems. That would be interesting. How many times have you gone into a postmortem, if they've done one, where they are pointing fingers at each other? You know? I see it a lot in organizations.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. and if you know feature flags, we've talked about. I've I've whined about feature flags a lot. There's a lot of references in the feature flags chapter. Disaster recovery, microservices. Uh, you know the one mission, kind of bringing everybody together. DevOps leadership. You know, end of the beginning. You know once you're at that end of the book, uh, now you're ready to begin your end. End of the beginning. Nice. So, so What's this next th- one? I'm not sure. Is this yours or mine? I, I got I, I'm lost. I, I can take it. I can
1: take okay. it. Dev up Ops. Dev Sec Ops can it prevent a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> so I, I really sometimes struggle with this one. People segment Dev Sec Ops outside of DevOps. Um, to me, it's all part of DevOps. It's just DevOps. And security should be in baked in. But this this talks about um, the security in your DevOps um, and how how to do uh, issues. And it goes through. Um, uh, how Netflix does a security monkey and things like that. Um, but it, but it's a pretty good post um, and talks about uh, multi-parameter perimeter security. And um, yeah, so I would suggest if you're interested in security in, in the DevOps world, that's a pretty good article to kind of get started with it. It's not very long, but uh it's got some pretty good information in it, um, but I would really encourage people to think about DevSecOps as really DevOps and security should be baked into it. You know,
0: yeah, I totally agree, and that's what you know. Even when we had Donovan on, he said the same thing because he really hates the DevSecOps and DevSecDataOps and AI Ops DevSec. Dot. You know, how how many things can we string together when you should be already doing them? So, and I just like the title of that po- uh, of that post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a um, Zompoc guy myself. And I'll get stuck into reading those, and so anything that can help me survive a zombie apocalypse, I'm all for it. Now, um, we talk about Git a lot on the show, and yep. you know, people who are, are trying to get Git and understand Git, you know, one of the first things that we had when we started moving to Git is the the Git ignore you know, what, what is that first? And then how is the best one? What is the best one for you to use? Uh, when you create a new repo in, uh, Azure DevOps, you can actually choose like a default Git ignore. And there's like a thousand in there. I just go, okay, we're doing, we're using visual studio. So I'll use the visual studio one. That's not necessarily the best one. I can't, Sandstrom, Mr. Sandstrom did a cool post on, you know, how to find that best GitX store for Visual Studio and Azure DevOps. And he goes into the details of the background, what it is, and multiple ways of creating one, how to tweak them, doing side-by-side explanations. But this is a great, if you're having questions about that Gitignore and you want the best one possible, go to the show notes, go read this post. I didn't
1: know that there was a best one. (laughs) <laughs> I just thought that was a door. <laughs> so I'll have to read that post. Interesting. So, uh, builds. Let's talk about copying a build definition from a team project in a, to, to a different DevOps organization. Um, so, uh, Chaminda uh, has written a blog post on how to copy that build definition to another organization. Uh, and so, basically, he has the step by step guide here. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, to go through it, um, just basically import a pipeline, export import type thing. Um, uh, I don't, I'm not sure that he's doing anything with a command line or anything like that, automating it. Um, but it basically, he's doing an import and an export. Um, and so, for those that don't know, you can export or import your build and release definitions in Azure DevOps. The one thing that I dislike, uh, I don't say hate because hate's a strong word, but yeah. I dislike is the fact that you can't import. A definition unless you already have an existing release or build. So if you've hmm. never created a build or release, there is no import button to create your first one and import it. You actually <laughs> have to create an empty one and then import and delete the empty one.
0: Uh, that's funny.
1: That, that's that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, so in case you're you're new and you're kind of working your way through it and you want to see how to import export, don't be surprised if you can't find an import button if you don't have a release or a build created already. So that's a good post, yeah. And he also talks about um, the pull request report uh, for Git repos. So there is a pull request report. Uh, Apparently, I haven't looked at this one, but um, uh, again, if you're you're working in Git, um, hopefully you're using pull requests, you can come up with this pull request report, which is actually pretty cool because I'll tell you why. Because one of the things that customers ask me for all the time is, I want to see all pull requests in all states, across my project and we don't have that in Azure DevOps yet. Um, and I don't know that we will, but um, right now you can see like all yours or you can see maybe all completed, um, but you don't see everything in every state across all project or all across your project in Azure DevOps. His report appears to do that. So you basically give it a project name and you give it the statuses you're interested in. Um, you have to use a path token, a personal access token. So you have to create one of those. Uh, and you could basically then get this um, pull request report, which actually is pretty interesting. I really, I'm really digging this because customers ask for this all the time.
0: So I'm going to have to check it out. And, you know, because it's a PowerShell script and he's provided the source for that, obviously. Uh, it's also a cool way just to look and see how that API works. That's one of the things I love about that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great point. You're right.
0: All right, so we're actually running a little bit short on time. So maybe we should just jump gonna... to feedback. Yeah, let's let's see which ones do we have? Clone, yeah. Yeah, let's do um, jump to feedback. Oh, now Rod Valenga, hopefully I'm not butchering your name as usual, Rod. He's <laughs> he's very excited and 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 uh somewhat concerned. He is now officially a TFS administrator. I guess he was the one, you know, standing closest to the box when the other person left. And so now unexpectedly he is a TFS admin. The question that he posted is now that he's a TFS admin, he needs to really know how to administer it. You know, he's got a production TFS 2015. They've got a test TFS 2018. Where do you go for resources? Um, We've talked about him and, and Stack Overflow, and you know how Stack Overflow can be somewhat uh, icky for people. He's not had good experiences with it, so he's been burned and is doesn't really want to go back on that one. So where else do you go? Well, there's a couple places you go, Rod. First of all, uh, we're going to have a post of the ALM Ranger publications that um, Willie put together on the new ALM DevOpsRangers.org site. Yes, ALM Ranger name is changing it's ALM DevOps Rangers kind of makes sense Uh, and then when ALM goes away it'll be just DevOps Rangers but uh yeah he has a list of publications and they're old and new which is great for you Rod because you've got TFS 2015 which is you know we'll all agree that that's kind of old or a little old at this point but um great list of MSDN magazines books online papers that have been written uh, even the posters that they've done uh it's all on this post. The other thing is, one of your resources, you know, the Microsoft docs at Microsoft.com has is phenomenal. You know, I, it is the information that is there and that is moving there is just outstanding, and it's free and it's easy to use. It's easy to search. It's logical. There's a lot of areas here, Rod, for you to, to look at, both for Azure DevOps and just DevOps in general. Uh, for example, the DevOps Resource Center, which we'll have the link in the show notes, but it's aka.ms slash DevOps. Funny that. And on this post, you can, you know, what is DevOps? What is continuous integration? What is continuous delivery? What is a DevOps culture, as we've been talking about a lot? If you need to, as a TFS admin, and if you're using Git, your developers may look to you, even though you may not be a developer, but because you administer TFS, they'll be looking at you to say, how do we do Git? Well, there's learn Git here. Maybe you're not, uh, you are not—you have questions about Agile. You know, what is, <laughs> what is Agile? What is Scrum? What is Kanban? That's also covered here in the DevOps Resource Center. So this is going to be a great place for you to browse and, and look at, Rod. The other thing... Um, Edward Thompson, who we've had on the show before, does a weekly post, and we've mentioned it on the show, you know, the top stories from Microsoft DevOps community right, you're gonna to want to look at these posts as well. As fast as Azure DevOps and TFS and all these things move, it's really hard to keep up. You know, looking at these weekly posts will, will give you, you know, a feel for the things that are changing and, and where they're happening. Also, other uh, other podcasts, other places like Jeffrey Palermo does an Azure DevOps podcast damn him um i was just on it. <laughs> what Yeah. When? which which one I,
1: on, uh, I did a talk on um like i did i did talk on Azure DevOps it was a conversation a podcast on Azure DevOps and um some of the ways to migrate to Azure DevOps and things like that yeah not that long ago maybe about Month ago, month and a half ago,
0: yes. Yeah. Boy, is he going to be in trouble when they change the Azure DevOps name. Boy, that podcast yes. is going to be all broken.
1: <laughs> yep. So, hey, I'd like to throw one other idea out there for, for Rod here. Rod, um, yeah. there happens to be, and given that you're on TFS 2015, 2018 type of instance, and you're on-prem, there's a book called the Team Foundation Server Administrator, and it's a complete guide to TFS, everything from basic to advanced concepts, and it's got screenshots and it and it walks through everything from installation, configuration, build administration, security, access management, warehousing, reporting, command line, a whole bunch more. And and it's a six dollar book on for the Kindle. Oh, this appears to be only only on a Kindle, but um, it's got four stars and it looks pretty good. Um, I think maybe that might be a place you might want to look too if you're looking for some in-depth information in one spot too, that might be another option for you. That talks about 2013, 2015, and I think 2018. I'm not sure on 2018. You have to look. I haven't seen this one. Hmm. Yeah, I put I put the link in, in his feedback on, on, the, on the note, so you can throw it in the show <coughs> notes, um, Greg. And uh, yeah, if people are interested in it, they can check that one out. I, I've seen that before, so...
0: And that's a good, uh, you know. In general, there's a lot of good TFS books out there. Uh, they're dated somewhat, but again, be, you know, there's a number of TFS 2015 books. Yeah. You know, some of them written by some of our hosts. So, uh, Rod, yeah, Amazon's definitely going to be your friend. Also, um, th- was it uh, huh.
1: sta- oh, Stack Overflow? You put that in there already. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Stack overflows. I, I. Yeah. I know. I'm the <laughs> same
0: all right. Well, I think that's a show, Paul. What do you think? I think it is, man. I think this has been a great time. It's fun talking to you. I'm glad we got to hook up and do this show together. Absolutely. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to us for your feedback, send us an email at Radio tfs at outlook.com on Twitter at radiotfs or on Facebook as well, slash radiotfs voicemail. Don't write this number down. Just come to the website or look at your podcast descriptions. It's one 425 Eight, three, seven. I've only been reading this thing since two, uh, 2011 and I still screw up the number 14252338379 if it's safe for work man we'll play it on the air you could be like a guest virtually on the ship and ladies and gentlemen as always thank you for listening to Radio TFS